Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and once again, welcome back to your fleet. I'm your host, Sean, and uh, this is the third time today we've got an episode, but as I said before, we've got, we got a lot of cases. A lot of cases to do as far as free uh, free agent period goes, and uh, so there's still a lot more to talk about, some uh, more free agent signings, uh, you know, some cuts. We'll talk about at least one big cut here at least, at least in this episode, and we'll discuss that probably in about a few more minutes. Um, some surprise signings, but we'll get into all that here in probably a few minutes. Uh, for those who are joining for the very first time, I want to say thank you for doing so. And please invite your family, your friends, your loved ones, your neighbors, your fellow coworkers, whoever you need to invite. Please, by all means, invite to come on in. I said, like I said before, and I'll say it again, we're all we're all family here. We talk we talk football, and of course, uh, like we said before, there's always plenty of armchair quarterbacks out, out, out there, and uh, certainly, and certainly everybody's got an opinion, everybody's got an opinion on something, right, whether it's a, uh, you got an opinion on politics, religion, or whatever the case might be, we all got an opinion on something, of course, mine has to be an opinion on football, and some of the signings out there, and a whole bunch of other stuff, um, and for those who've been from day one, I want to say thank you for doing so, and please invite your family, your friends, your loved ones, your neighbors, your fellow co-workers, Whoever you need to invite, please by all means uh, invite them on in. As I, you know, I've stated in the past, I said usually when I have a day off, it's the best time I get a chance to cut as many episodes as I can because I can talk a lot of football. And sometimes, sometimes instead of doing you know back-to-back days, you can somehow build, you know, build on episodes. And again, like I said before, I said usually when I sit down and write a write a what I want to say on each on each episode. Um, I have you know I have like like four subjects and of course like says an hour long podcast and I break it down to four particular ep- you know, episodes or two subjects I want to um, invite. So like I said, I think here I had got to like what five I had broken down like into the last five episodes. I had broken down my previous two, this is my third. And I've got maybe two more that I can probably get out to you. I don't know if I'll get the two, the two more out to you today, but I will do the best I can to catch up on as much as possible. Um, for me, there's not too much on TV this evening. I think I caught up on the TV shows. Um, of course, if you like, I'm sure there are some in the NCAA tournament. Um, I'm sure a lot of people watch that now, and of course. So I guess the big news is that there's no number one that has bitten us. University of Kansas when we lost to Arkansas just a few minutes ago. So um, again, that's a um, I guess that's another um, racket buster for a lot of people who play the uh, play those uh, tournament pools or office pools that some people might have going on. Um, and for those who now listen to me on Anchor, I am on Spotify, our radio, you know, uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, uh, Amazon Music. I mean, just to name a few that I'm on, if you get a chance, if you don't listen to me on Anchor, I'm on those. And as I've always said before, if you've got a question for me, reach me on Facebook, reach me on Spotify. I can uh, answer any question, any football question that you want me to answer. I'll do the best I can to answer it answer for you. And that day it could be, like I said, something about your favorite team, coaching hiring, uh, coordinator hiring. Uh, like I said, I got a full draft. Uh, Hopefully at some point in time, not certainly not this episode, but further down the road, we'll get a chance to talk more about the NFL draft and 
I can give you my predictions on possible first round, but that's not going to be at least for yeah, probably several more episodes. I know a lot of people like to do their you draft uh, 100 point out or something like that, something ridiculous amount. Number people always you know change their picks. Um, and of course, there's one pick. Of course, that's called lately. That has been um, that has been Jalen um, Carter, the um, defensive tackle from the University of Georgia. Of course, um, he had a pro day workout a couple days ago, and he didn't turn out to be too well. I think he didn't turn out well. He uh, put on like nine pounds, nine pounds from um, I guess from the combine, and of course, I'm sure a lot is weight weight on him of his. Uh, yeah, accident that killed a couple of killed a couple of his friends. Um, whether it was called street racing or whatever it was called, um, he was he was found at least not guilty. At least I guess you can't say he's not guilty, but he was not charged of any. He was not given any charges, which is certainly good for Carter. Now, so I'm sure the families of two that were lost in this, you know, critical this this horrible accident. I'm sure they probably have a different opinion on it. They haven't come in publicly said anything, but I'm sure that's that's an old thing. But as far as the NFL draft, we'll get a chance to talk about him and his chances. And I'm sure his draft stock probably slipped a little bit. I'm sure it has. And we'll talk about later on what team I think will take a chance and gamble and gamble on on the on the young man. Um, but like I said before, I'm on. Like I said, Google Lock. You know, I'm, I'm on these. I'm on these podcasts, and you don't, you know, it doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter if you are, um, doesn't matter if you have a day off from work, you're kicking back and relaxing, um, you're doing household chores, you're out, you know, you're out and about, you know, you're out and about, listening to it on your radio, whatever the case might be. I'm certainly, I'm certainly, um, on, uh, on a few podcasts, but if you're listening to me on Anchor, please catch me on there. If you got a question. I'll do the best I can to answer it for you. I'll take time out for any episode whatsoever to answer my question, to answer your questions. But as I said before, I'll take a whole, I'll take a whole pot, I'll take a whole, you know, whole episode to answer, answer, answer nothing but your questions. So, so please, I certainly love to hear your, I certainly love to have your questions, uh, whatever opinions you've got on your team or whatever else is going on in the world of football, I'll answer them to them as, uh, as best I can. Um, I think we've covered enough that we need to cover. Let's let's jump into some subject. And like I said, when I start most of my um, most of my uh, you know episodes off, I always have a subject of what I want to uh, what I want to bring to each and every episode. Um, let's talk. Let's start off with uh, the number one thing. And I guess you've all heard that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have found themselves a quarterback, and that is Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield, his son, has signed a deal to be starting quarterback of the Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, I'm sure a lot can be, a lot can be interpreted on that. On that. Um, it was reached a few days ago that the Buccaneers were, have, were highly interested in Baker Mayfield, and they certainly found got, got their man. Now, if you're a Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, it, it is kind of, I guess it's hard to believe because you go from, Tom Brady, who has won seven Super Bowls, to Baker Mayfield. So I mean, that's a tremendous, that's a tremendous uh, drop off, if, 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 if you will. Now, Baker, the last couple of years has had has, has had his struggles. Um, we all know the story. Baker Mayfield, a first round draft pick, first overall pick by the Cleveland Browns uh, a few years ago. Um, 
rookie year, got off, to, got off to not too bad of a start. By the second year, he, t he started to take off a little bit, and um, then after that, he started to struggle. Injuries, injuries, you know, injuries caught up, injuries caught up to him, and then he kind of things kind of went downhill from there on. From Baker Mayfield um, was released by the, by the Cleveland Browns. Um, again, we all know the Carolina Panthers. They took a, they took a, a huge chance, a huge chance on uh, Baker. I didn't pan out. The Rams took a chance on this past season, and actually, he didn't play that poorly with the Rams under Sean McVay. And now with um, honestly, Tampa Bay, they must have saw something with Sean McVay. Yeah, under Sean McVay, he's with the Rams, and now he has signed a deal with Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, certainly if you look at it this way, Baker does have talent around him. Um, he has a, a decent offensive line if he's healthy, and that's going to be a question for if he's healthy. Now, certainly I'm sure he would love to have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt as a one-two punch, but right now he's got Rashard White as his number one running back. Rashard, you know, uh, late in the season, uh, produced, uh, produced very well for Tampa Bay, and it appears he'll be the number one running back as they already released Leonard Fournette. Now, certainly Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, you got your two 1,000-yard receivers. You got Russell Cage, who's not a bad third receiver at all. A couple of young tight ends. So, Baker has talent around him as far as on that side of the ball. Defensively, Tampa Bay's had to lose a couple of players because of, you know, number crunching. But, to be honest with you, it's still a defense that you can kind of get by with. So, the funny thing about it is, to me, it comes down to either the Buccaneers or the Saints. If you want to start comparing teams, you got to look at it this way. I mean, I would still rather have Derek Carr or Baker Mayfield. Again, is Alan Kamara there for a full 16 games, full 17 games, excuse me, for a full 17 games? If he's not going to serve suspension, I'll take Kamara over White. Right now, I would take Evans and Godwin over Thomas and Chris Lee. The tight end situation, I might get a Saints to edge. Jawana Johnson is a nice young talent. Offensive line, I'll give the Saints the edge there. Defensively, I think the Saints are better, are built, maybe a little bit better defensively than Tampa Bay. A little bit better, not that much. So, I mean, right now, if you look at it, to me, the Saints to me would be a team to beat in the NFC South, and maybe the Buccaneers could be number two. And then still, the Falcons and the Panthers bring it, bring it up the rear. If we get a chance, we'll talk about, we'll talk about the, um, the Atlanta Falcons, probably not this episode, but we'll discuss them probably in the next episode. And we'll talk about what they've done this offseason. And the Panthers will talk about them in a future episode about what they've done this offseason. And again, the Saints getting Derek Carr to step in the right direction. Um, they came out, you know, so again, it is uh, interesting what, the, what they have done. Um, I believe the Saints have signed with Janelle Williams away from uh, the Detroit Lions. Again, uh, an underrated pickup. Again, it's an underrated pickup. If Kamara serves a serve suspension, it could have been a valuable pickup for the uh, for the Saints. But we'll, like I said, we'll discuss. I think we'll get around to Jamal Williams at least this episode. But again, again, the Saints have made some pickups as well. So the NFC South has been one of the more busier, let's say, divisions. And I guess in this, I guess if you want to consider that in this. Uh, yeah, this whole season thus far. But for, for, for the for Baker, like I said, I mean, you know, Todd Bowles and and the new offensive coordinator, obviously they see something in Baker that maybe other people don't see. 
Now, to me, Baker's work got better when he was around Sean McVay. And Sean McVay has a way of working with quarterbacks. Sean's one of the guys that does a pretty good job with, with quarterbacks. I mean, to me, let's be honest with you, his work. I mean, under Jeff Fisher, you know, Jared Goff was, looked like to be one of the biggest busts in NFL history. You know, then all of a sudden, here comes Sean McVay. He worked, he worked with Jared Goff. And with Jared Goff, working with Jared Goff, he got the Rams to the Super Bowl. So, to me, what does that say to me? What does that say for Jeff Fisher and the job he did with Jared Goff? Wasn't very good. And let's be honest with you. He did okay. He did a pretty good job with Goff. Then again, he took Goff and he ended up coaching Matthew Stratford. And then with Stratford, now Stratford was always a, was a pretty decent quarterback before he got there. But again, he got them. He got them to the point where he got Matthew Stratford over the top and he got a Super Bowl. Again, he worked. He worked to manage with Baker Mayfield. A lot of people thought Baker Mayfield's career was over with. Sean took a chance with him. Stuck him in there right away, and Baker, you know, played. Yeah, Baker played extremely well, and played well enough. He might have some games where he struggled, but Baker played well enough to show the Arkansas chance to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, my most, my opinion is, I thought Baker was really hanging around the league, but he would be a backup quarterback for somebody. But right now, right now, it comes down to Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask battling for the starting quarterback. Position in Tampa Bay now. Some experts feel like Kyle Trask could 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 upbeat Baker for the starting for the starting job. Right now, I kind of think Baker has a lead, and Kyle is probably number two. Now, again, you have to understand this is a new this is a, a new all new offensive system, a new offensive coordinator, new system. So Trask and Mayfield are going to have to all learn a new system. So it's not like so it's not like Kyle Strauss has the advantage because he knows the system. That's not the case here. Again, Baker probably has a little bit more talent than Kyle Trask. And to me, Baker, I mean, Baker is a veteran. Baker, Baker, you know, Baker hasn't won, you know, Baker hasn't won games. Baker has been to the playoffs. Baker has won a playoff game. Kyle Trask cannot say none of that. And again, I'm interested to see how this dynamic works. Let's say, for the sake of argument, Baker wins the starting job. I'm interested to see what Baker can do with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. I'm interested to see how that dynamic dynamic works out. Now, Mike is Mike Evans has been one of the top receivers in his league since he since he stepped into this league. Now, Mike had some struggles last year with Tom Brady. Now again, I'm interested to see how Baker and Kyle, Mike Evans work. I'm interested to see how Mike Evans and excuse me, I'm interested how. How Baker Mayfield and Chris Godwin. I'm interested to see how that dynamic's gonna work out as well. So it's not, I mean, so Baker has talent, but now can Baker's talent, can Baker's talent rise the occasion? Again, the Saints might be the only team that I think right now that gives the Tampa Bay Buccaneers competition in that, in that division. Now, again, now whether Tampa Bay goes out and uh, drafts a young quarterback, I don't know. But you figure Baker right, you figure it depends. You figure Baker right now is a stopgap to maybe Kyle Trask or another young quarterback. And I got a feeling Nick Donside is going to be another young quarterback. But again, we keep saying this over and over again. I mean, we said this about with Carson Wentz, right? That this is going to be Carson Wentz's last chance. And Carson ends up starting, right? 
Carson, yeah, Carson, for some reason, finds a way to start with the Colts and finds a way to start with the Commanders. But now, to me, this is a situation where Baker kind of falls in that Carson Wentz mold where this is going to be his last chance. Because to me, if Baker doesn't make this work at Tampa Bay, Baker's not going to make it work anywhere else. Not saying that Baker wouldn't get a, a job somewhere else. Baker will probably end up being a backup quarterback for somebody else if he doesn't, if it doesn't work here in Tampa Bay. And again, you know, Baker's going to fall into that situation where it, it's going to be a common, you know, there's another uh, quarterback bust. Now, some people will disagree that he's not a bust because at least he's been to the playoffs and he has won a playoff game. Some may say, well, that probably does not qualify Baker as a bust. But again, if you are a number one overall pick, in the draft, you're supposed to do. You're supposed to do tremendous amount, right? So for Baker, the bottom line is the tools. The tools are there to succeed in Tampa Bay. But again, can 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 Baker can Baker step it up? And I think that's going to be the issue: is can Baker you know, step it up? Now, granted, I'm not saying he didn't have the chance tools in. I can't say he had the tools in uh, Cleveland. Granted, he had a good offensive line, good in the running game. You can make an argument if you want to here and there about the receiving court. He went out, he went, they went out and got Odell Beckham, but again, him and Beckham just didn't see eye to eye. So if you want to make it, if you want to make a case on the receivers for the Browns, yeah, you can make a case again. He goes to the Panthers. You had DJ Moore, but you didn't have anybody else other than DJ Moore. And to be honest with you, him and DJ really didn't hit it all. To be honest with you, DJ had more success with Sam Donald than he did with Baker Mayfield. Truth, yeah, truth be told. Now, if you look, and the funny thing is, if you look at if you look at the Rams, he didn't have Cooper Cup, he didn't have Allen Robinson, but he somehow he somehow figured it out with uh, Van Jefferson and the other receivers, and he figured out to do something with them. So again, again. It's kind of hard to say, but with Baker, he has this is the opportunity for Baker. He needs to step up his his game. He needs to be. He needs to be. This has got to be his chance. Um, for Baker, I think for Baker to keep his job, he's got to put up some decent. He has to put up some solid numbers. I don't expect him to put up Tom Brady like numbers. That's not going to happen. But to me, Baker's going to have Baker's going to have to throw. He's going to have to do. He's going to have to do, do almost almost 4,000 yards. He's going to have to do 36, 3,700 yards. He's going to have to get Mike Evans and Chris Godwin their 1,000 yards receiving. He's going to have to do that. Um, yeah. He's going to have to do something. He's going to have to get at least 37, 3,800 yards. He's going to throw, I would say, close to 30 touchdowns. He's got to do stuff like this. He's got to super succeed where he's ever done in the past to keep his job with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Because if he, can, because if he cannot do that, He's going to wind up being, if he, if he gets off to a slow start, he's going to wind up getting cut again, and he's going to wind up either being a, a backup quarterback somewhere else, or he's going to be gone. Now, again, we've already said that it, him and Kyle Trask, I'll come down to him and Kyle Trask for the job. But to be honest with you, I don't see, again, I think Baker is probably going to go for Kyle Trask. Now, unless Kyle Trask goes, goes into camp, and just wows everybody, and Baker stinks up the joint. Then to me, there's then you have to give contrast a chance. But again, you have to, again. This is a new offensive system. You got a new coordinator. So again, it's, it's so 
So Kyle doesn't have the advantage over Baker Mayfield. Both of them got to learn a new system. And so that goes for Mike Evan, Chris Godwin, and company. They've all got to learn a new system. So we'll see. But again, this is, got to be honest with you, this is Baker Mayfield's last opportunity to really, to really um, show the NFL that he's not a bust. And again, it's, again, you don't want to be that first man. You don't want to be that first man quarterback bust. I mean, you've heard, the, you've heard from the Ryan Leafs to the Jamarcus Russell of the world with the David Klingler, the Keely Smiths. I can go on and on and on about, you know, first-round draft picks that were huge bust. You know, at one point in time, was it Jim Plunkett? Jim Plunkett, a lot of people thought Jim Plunkett's career got off to a horrible start. He was with the Patriots, a 49er. And a lot of people thought his career was over until he went to the Raiders. And then he had a second chance in life. Some people thought Plunkett was a bust. So, I mean, and again, Baker is a fallback category. Where he's going to become a huge, where it appears that he is a huge bust. But for Baker, this is his opportunity to step up his game. He has a chance to to guide a pretty decent football team. I mean, the NFC, you know, here we are with the, the NFC South. I mean, it's not, it's not, it's a competitive division, but it's not one of the more tougher divisions, tougher divisions in, in football. It's not the, it's not the AFC. Let's be honest with you. He's coming back to the NFC South. He was there last year with the Panthers. And again, the Buccaneer, again, it was not a tough division last year. Again, he comes back to the same situation. You got the Buccaneers. Granted, they have to lose some players, but they're still a competitor. The Panthers, you got a new head football coach. They've added some players. You take a look at the Atlanta Falcons, Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, they, they have made some adjustments. They've tried to make some adjustments. But again... Again, the NFC South is not it's not like the AFC West. Um, it's 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 nowhere near that. To me, the biggest competitor right now is the Saints. Can they get past the Saints? And to be honest with the Saints, even with Tom Brady under the helm, had their difficulty with the Saints. And to me, I think that stuff still continues with Baker Mayfield as the starting quarterback. But again, if you want to compare the teams, I still think right now I'd give the Saints the edge. Edge, and to me, I still take Derek Carr for Baker Mayfield right now. But again, let's be honest with you, Tom or Tom. I don't think Tom will come out of retirement, go rejoin Tampa Bay, and everything's all hunky dory. Yeah, I don't see that happening. This is Baker Mayfield's team, I believe, unless Baker goes in and just bombs in camp, and Kyle Trask proves to be Tom Brady 2.0 or something like that. Then, yeah. But to me, I think this, this is Baker's job to lose. I think this is Baker's team to lose. I really believe that. Now, can he be on the same page with Mike Williams? I mean, excuse me, with uh, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin? I don't know. That remains to be seen if, 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 if he can do so. But he's going, he's going to have to do so. Because, again, we've said this is Baker's last chance. Baker's going to have to step up his game, step up his game more than you know, at any point in his career. Now, can Baker do it? We'll find out. But again, Baker has an opportunity. He has a decent Tampa Bay team. To me, Tampa Bay has still got that win that small window of opportunity. It's closing. He's got a veteran team. And with that veteran team, yeah, and with that veteran team, Baker has a chance to, let's say, win the division. He has a chance to get to the playoffs. Maybe Tampa Bay 
surprises somebody wins a first round game. And if they can do that, then Baker has done his job. But we said Baker's going to have to play. He's going to have to get like 3,800 passing yards. He's going to have to get close to 30 touchdowns or maybe get 30 touchdowns to make this a successful year for Baker Mayfield and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Again, if he can't do that, if he can't do it, then you have to start to wonder if Todd Bowles' job is Todd Bowles out of a job next year. Does that come in a, a new, again, a new regime in 2024? Because let's be honest with you, their window of opportunity is closing. I mean, Mike, I mean, let's be honest with you, Tampa Bay had, um, what is it, people have talked about maybe trading Mike Evans. Chris Godwin was talked about being trade, trade bait, right? They've already caught the Leonard Fournette's Leonard of the world. Again, you have to wonder. This is the, this is a this is the last chance for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, like I said, the window opportunity is closed. This is their chance. If they if they're going to make some kind of run, this is it. They've got to do it. They've got to do it now. Whether Baker Mayfield, whether it's Kyle Trask, but can Baker Mayfield be be the answer? And to be honest with you, I don't know. I mean, I I thought Baker would have been at least a little bit of a step up for the Panthers. He didn't prove that. Now, when he went to the Rams, he played better. Whether that's Baker Mayfield or that's more Sean McFay's doings, it might be more Sean McFay's doings than anything else. But who knows? If he goes to Tampa Bay, bombs, what does he do? Go back to the Rams and play under Sean McFay? To me, a lot of people thought that maybe he would re-sign with the Rams and play under Matthew Stratford. To me, that could have been a... Interesting move for Baker, but I think Baker wants to be a starting quarterback in this league. He feels he's still a starting quarterback in this league. And to be honest with you, there wasn't many jobs out there. There wasn't too many places that he was going to go to that would give him a starting position. I mean, maybe you know, maybe the Colts could have been a possibility, but that's 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 not going to happen. Um, but again, could. Can you see? Can you see Baker with the Texans? I don't know Baker the Texans. That would have been an interesting fit. But again, we'll see. But for, ba for Baker, here it is. This is a, this is your opportunity. This is a this is fun stuff. You got a veteran ball club. I mean, you have some young talent, but you got most of a veteran ball club. And this is a team that you can work with. That can get you into the playoffs. That can get you to the next level. And to be honest with you, he has to win. He's going to have to grow. And he's going to have to win. He's going to have to win the division. He's going to have to get you to the playoff. Maybe win a playoff game to call it a successful season. Yeah. But again, it's all on Baker now. Baker's got to show everybody that he's not a boss. Can he do that? He's got talent around him. But then again, Baker Mayfield, he's not Tom. He's not Tom. He's not Tom Brady. And again, that's the Baker. That's, the, that's where he's got, he's got to follow up. He's got to follow up Tom Brady. And trust me, <laughs> Mac Jones is having a hard time following Tom Brady. And I don't see Baker Mayfield following a 45-year-old Tom Brady. I don't see that happening. So it's all for nothing, Baker. This is it. This is your opportunity. Just like Carson Wentz, that was probably his last chance to be a starting quarterback in this league for Baker Mayfield. This is his last chance to be a decent quarterback, starting quarterback in the NFL. If he blows this chance, with 2,000 yard receivers, then Baker Mayfield could probably be just a backup quarterback for the rest of his career, or he could be out, of, or he could be certainly kicked out of this league and yet become a number, uh, another number one overall pig bust 
Andrew Baker, Alex Baker wants it, wants that on his resume. Alex, he wants it to be to go down as a number one overall bust. Can you see it now? Can you see it now? Yes, because I thought it's a very special Baker Mayfield. Yeah, yeah. And it just talk about his career being a, being a bust. I mean, again. I mean, I love watching 30 for 30 specials. Heck, I just got to watch it once again the two part on um, Michael Vick, a very a very great piece that ESPN done. But again, with you know with um, with Baker Mayfield, can you see it now? I can see it now. Hell, biography years later. Uh, Baker Mayfield, NFL bust. But for Baker, this is his opportunity. This is his chance to show everybody that he is not. He is not as bad as bad as people make him out to be. I'm sure, he's got to, yeah, sure, there's rumors about rumors about Baker about you know him being maybe a pain to coach or he had that in the in the past. But now Baker's got Baker's going to have to step up his game. And if Baker can't, you know, if Baker can't do that, then then I guess Baker's time as a quarterback in the NFL could very well be over with. When we talk about a surprise signing of Baker Mayfield, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, we'll talk about a, well, I can't say it's, it's a surprise cutting, but the rumors have been going around for some time is the cut was going to be made eventually. And that is one, Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel Elliott is no longer part of the Dallas Cowboys. This has been a subject of talk for, uh, yeah, for a couple of weeks now, but Zeke has finally, has finally been cut by the uh, Dallas, Dallas Cowboys. And they're moving forward as Tony Pollard as the starting, you know, starting running back. Now, again, Pollard, I think he has what a fractured fibula. He might not be ready by by the first week of the season. So that means who's going to be the Dallas Cowboys quarterback? Well, obviously it's not going to be Zeke. And again, it's a it's a huge it's a huge loss. Um, Zeke when he came to the league, he came to the league the same time as Dak Prescott, and those two took the Cowboys to the playoffs in their rookie year. And again, Zeke for the first couple of years in his league was one of the best the best running backs in all of football. Once he signed the um but again, some off field issues. Once he signed the contract, like I can see off field issue, hit a service six game suspension, came back, um, had some you know, again had troubles, he signed a big contract, and then again Zeke has never been has never been the same again. Thus is the reason why this dust is the reason why it got cut. Now, again, you know, a lot of running backs have gotten a lot of running backs here lately have gotten have gotten paid. I mean, um, I mean Miles Sanders found himself a new team, Jamel Williams found himself a new team, um, Rashard Penny even found himself a new team. So you got running backs that don't have and found themselves a new new team. You have to wonder, is there, it could Zeke find his way on one of those teams? Now Zeke now Zeke did have twelve rushing touchdowns last year, so Zeke still has something as far as maybe from inside the five yard line or the ten yard line. Zeke is still something to be he still did contested run. But to be honest with you, yeah. You have to wonder Zeke days. Zeke days appears as being number one running back over within this league. He can certainly be a valuable number two running back for somebody and for somebody. Who that may be, I don't know. When you start to you start to look around, I don't see him whining with anybody in the 
hand zone division. I don't see that. No packer. I don't see the lines. Um, I don't see the Bears. I don't see the Bears. Um, the Vikings. I don't see the Vikings. Let me try looking around. I don't see this. I don't see the Saints. Um, I mean, one weird possible that maybe the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, Grant, you got to me. What about the Buccaneers? I mean, I can see with sharp opinion, Zeke Elliott. It's it, to me. It's. I mean, I can see that. I mean, you know, Rashard would probably be the starter, but I can see Zeke. I mean, I can see Zeke and Rashard maybe, you know, you know, splitting carries with Rashard being number one, Zeke being number two. I could see that. I could see that possibility. I could see that possibility. Todd Bowles wants to run the football more. Why not let Zeke, you know, run the ball, you know, from a 10 yard line out? I could see that being a possible fit, maybe. Um, Again, I don't see him. I really don't see him. I don't see him in Atlanta. The Panthers is not going to happen. I don't see the 49ers is not happening. Um, I don't see the Seattle. I don't see the Cardinals as a poss possibility. And, you know, I, again, I, and I don't see the Rams. You start going to maybe lose the AFC. Um, you know, the Jets could be, uh, the New York Jets could be an interesting possibility. You have to wonder, I don't know how long, how much, how much longer is Bryce, Bryce Hall going to be out? How much longer he's going to be out from his ACL injury? Um, and Michael Carter, yeah, Michael Carter, I don't know if Michael, but how much they want Michael Carter to be the number one running back. But again, can Z go, can Z go to New York and be maybe the number one running back there until Hall gets back? Not say it's outside the stretch of possibility. But one more pop. What about the Buffalo Bills? You think about it. Zeke may have enough juice in him to where he had one of those rough, rough um, Buffalo snowy days. And Zeke's the type of guy that could probably still run the football in that type of weather. Do you do you gamble? Think, do you gamble and let Zeke and you know James Cook be your number one two punch? I'm not saying that that's possible. I mean, it might make a little bit of sense, but. It's a spot where Z could, you know, Z could, you know, end, end up at. Um, I can't really see the Patriots at this stage, and I don't see Miami in this stage. Um, no to the Steelers, no to the Browns. Um, the weird possibility may be the Ravens, but I don't see the Ravens being that much of a poss possibility. Um, no, to, no to the Bengals. Um, no to both the... Um, I don't see anybody in the NFC, excuse me, the AFC South that would get my attention. Um, I don't see the Chiefs or really, don't see the Raiders. Um, again, I don't um, one weird possibility, maybe the Denver Broncos. Simple fact is, we don't know what Javante Williams' situation is. I've heard reports that Javante could be out till maybe, what, week? Maybe, possibly week six or seven, that's one report I have heard that he might not come back until then. They did sign Sammy P. Ryan, but P. Ryan is not a every down back. Now what if what if Sean Payton takes a chance on Zeke? It's a possibility. I'll put it out there. It's kind of a stretch. Maybe it's a little bit of a stretch. But again I think, you know, but again, it's something that could be that could be looked at or worthy of. Um, I don't see the Chargers either. So to be honest with you, if Zeke is going to go somewhere, I can see him in Denver, maybe Tampa Bay, 
of two, I should have two best options that I can see him, I can see him end up being. So again, I'd say Denver, maybe Tampa Bay, but that's it. There's only two places I can see him ending up at. The third option is a return to Dallas. Under, you know, under maybe they can come to some kind of agreement. Some kind of, some kind of agreement. He can take, you know, get some new contract. Takes a lot less money. I can see that, I, you know, honestly, I can see that possibility. You have to wonder, you know, Dallas, Dallas decided to keep, uh, was it Terrence Steele around at right tackle? Of course, they, you know, if anybody wants Steele, they have to give up like a second round pick to get him. Um, Tyrone Smith, who has been a Pro Bowl tackle for many years for the Cowboys, even he took a pay cut, or he probably been cut. So to me, I can see, oh yeah, the possibility is I can see Zeke returning. I can see Zeke probably returning to Dallas, but it'd be a lot less money, new contract. If he does not return, my best bet, Denver, Tampa Bay are the two, are the two best bets. And to be honest with you, the crazy thought I would say would be is would be Zeke going to Tampa Bay, and I can see Leonard Fournette becoming a Denver Bronco. Denver Bronco. I'll go. I'll, I'll. I'll even go in that direction. I'll go that direction right there, right there, there. But again, I think those are two best bets for Zeke. And again, I think uh, Dak Prescott was kind of heartbroken and busted up because him and Zeke came at the same time, and they were the team. They were a team for what seven years and now no longer. And that's that's kind of a, you know, again, it's again, but again, we all know the life, especially sometimes of a running back in this league, is is very is very short. And again, when you're like some of the some of the great running backs, you take an Earl Campbell, you always heard the the horror stories of um heard the horror stories of uh, Earl Campbell. And all the you know all the all the carries he all those years he took those carries with the Houston Oilers and how much of a pounding his body took for years upon years upon years. Another man. What about Billy Sims with Detroit Lions? All the church towards that Billy Sims took a pounding, yeah, with some pretty some pretty horrible Detroit Lions teams. A man who had a future future part of his career up in the front of Billy Sims, but of course what happened? He took a beating from you know, from the from playing on poor teams like poor teams, it is so. It's you know, it's it's hard to believe in this league. It, it it really is. But I hate to say, maybe Zeke kind of falls in that category. Zeke took a lot of pounding. Again, you got you got guys like Derrick Henry. Now Derrick Henry, he's taking. I'm sure he's taking a tremendous beating in his league. But the thing about Derrick Henry is, I get him credit. Derrick Henry manages to keep himself in shape. He manages to continue, continue to take a pounding as well. But sometimes, eventually, at some point in time, you're going to break down. It's going to wear on you. And maybe maybe the pounding that Zeke has taken, maybe it's wearing, wearing him down. But again, Zeke, under the right circumstances, Zeke has still got life, life left. And now, wouldn't discount the possibility of returning to Dallas. I can see that. I can see that possibility because you got to remember Tony Pollard. We all know what Tony Pollard's situation is going to be. He might not be ready by week one. If that's the case, then let's be honest with you. Who's going to be Dallas's running back again? We go back to the NFL draft. Yes, there are some there are some running backs in the NFL draft that could come in and probably start. Now again, 
Robinson from the University of Texas would be nice, but again, I don't know if I see Jerry Jones taking out as more of a chance on a running back. Now, Gibbs. Gibbs is an explosive player, but you've already got one of those, and Tony Pollock, you don't need that. So again, it all depends who, who, fit, who, fits, who fits that mold. And again, I gotta be honest, I gotta be honest with you right now. Unless, you know, unless unless Dallas surprises me, maybe maybe Dallas goes down and signs Leonard Fournette to put with with Tony Pollard. But again, for right now, I, I don't think I it wouldn't shock me if for some reason Saint winds up back in Dallas. No, under but it would have to be under the right circumstances and the kind. Yeah, again, you'd have to get on the cap. But for right now, for Z, I gotta be honest with you, I'm gonna sit back and say Tampa Bay and maybe Denver because there are two situations. There are two teams that might need that extra running back. And again, I can see it. But for Zeke, I would say Zeke's career is not over yet. Zeke, Zeke probably still has a little bit of life. Zeke is the type of guy, like I said, he didn't get, I mean, his yardage shows were, were down, but he did get 12 touchdowns last year. And again, Zeke can still be that type of guy that can, that you can, that, that can still get you something inside the 10-yard line. If you run the football down by the goal line, Zeke has still got that capability of doing so. Still does, but I don't know if Zeke's days, Zeke's days of maybe trying to run the ball 25 times a game, those are over with. Could Zeke, still, could Zeke still get you anywhere from 10 to 15 carries? Yes, he probably could still get you over 10 to 15 carries per game if, if he needs to. But again, Zeke right now is in a situation where he was last year, kind of, a, kind of in a splitting of carries with Tony Pollard. And again, Tony Pollard was probably the better running back last year in Zeke. But again, I can see him with Tampa Bay. I can see him maybe him and maybe Rashard White. I can see Rashard being the number one. Zeke is number two. To me, that'd be no different situation you had to deal with in Dallas. And let's be honest with you, if he goes to Denver, now if he goes to Denver, I think he has a better chance of being number one running back in Denver. And P. Ryan would be number two until Javante Williams is, can get back to health. Again, I think again, I'll, you know, again, I'll put, I'll, I'll put, I'll put that out there. That could be a possibility, but overall, the best bet, maybe the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is the best bet. Again, he has, he would have a decent offensive line. He's got receivers, you know, but again, him and Baker Mayfield, how that dynamic work out, would be interesting to figure out. But again, we'll see, we'll see what happens with. We'll see what happens with um. We'll see what happens with the, you know, with Zeke, and, and how that's going to go moving forward. But for Zeke, I wish him the, I wish him the best of luck, and I would be I would be surprised within the next few days he gets a contract. If he's not coming back to Dallas, he'll get it somewhere else. But my two guesses, maybe you know maybe Denver and Tampa Bay. Again, I'll put it out there, just my guess. Let's um, stick on the theme. Let's talk about running backs. Now, let's talk about one guy that got signed by the Saints out there, that's Jamel Williams. Now, Jamel Williams got a, uh, had a career year last year. He had 1,000 yards. I think he led the NFL in rushing touchdowns last year, I believe. And here's a guy that had been a backup to Aaron Jones for, you know, for a few years in Green Bay. Then he goes to he goes to Detroit and he has a career a career year with the uh, the 
Detroit Lions, and he earns himself a a, a three-year deal with the um, now. I think Janelle's like 27 years old. Now, certainly the Saints, Saints need a running back. Um, Mark Ingram, who was the number two running back, he is, I think Mark is like 32 years old now or something like that. And, um, you know, Mark's days are probably over for the Saints anyway. Now, yes, you have Alvin Kamara. But here, here becomes a situation that gets to be interesting. To me, this could be one of those sleeper signings. Now, I'll say this much. I don't think Janelle Williams is going to have the, the year that he had in Detroit. I don't see that happening. But I got a feeling that he, but I got a feeling there's going to be a situation similar to what he had to deal with, with, you know, like the last Detroit. Now, as, okay, as we say, the Alvin Kamara situation is simply this. Now, Alvin Kamara, we all know, is the number one running back, hands down, no questions asked. But Alvin Kamara, of course, he got in trouble at the Pro Bowl a couple of years ago. And now, he's got, you know, he's, I, believe, I believe he's been to court or he's about to go to court. And certainly, um, certainly Roger Goodell, you know, knows, knows, uh, Certainly, he's got all the facts. I guess I'm sure. I'm, I'm assuming he's got the facts of some of this, some of this stuff, and he will. Be, and he will certainly. I'm a, I'm assuming he's going to serve a suspension for Alvin Kamara. Now we don't know how high the suspension is going to be. Six games, eight games. Don't know. If the thing is, if Alvin Kamara's suspension proves to be you know a long time, then the Jamel Williams fact factor. Comes in, comes into, comes into consideration, and this, this, you know, this deal for Jamel Williams looks like to be a the, the best deal. Now, another thing with Jamel Williams signing is this: that means Alvin Kamara would not be the goal line running back anymore. Jamel Williams would be the would be the uh, the guy that you bring in from the five yard from the five yard line out. That means if you're a fantasy football player, Alvin Kamara's numbers might take a dip. Because of that, because of the signing of Jamal Williams. Now, as far as receiving yards go, Kamara's numbers will say will, will probably be about the same as far as that goes. But I know a lot of people are talking about, you know, some people talk about some of the Jamal Williams signing might be a little overhyped because he had a career here last year. He's been a backup to, he was a backup to Swift this past year, supposedly supposed to be, and he had been a backup to. Aaron Jones, but now, but now, Jamel Williams, yeah, um, thing, this time might be a little bit more interesting based off of think Alvin Kamara is going to serve suspension. I think that's where that, that's the way this assignment comes in. Again, a lot of people, a lot of people, when you wait till last year to do a contract to have that type of year, again, again, Jamel Williams, again, Jamel Williams wasn't a bad running back for, for Green Bay. He wasn't. But he wasn't going to super succeed Aaron Jones. And A.J. Dillon was coming to his own. So, Jamel was pretty much on his way out. And Jamel Williams had his moments with Green Bay. Certainly without a doubt. Now, I think he started his career off being injured. But I think once he got into the rotation, he played well. Again, back to Aaron Jones. Did a good job of that. But again, when A.J. Dillon got drafted, he came along. Jamel Williams' time was done. Detroit took a chance on him, and the chance paid off for Detroit. He put up stellar numbers. He had a better year than DeAndre Swift. DeAndre Swift has always been considered injured. Yeah, 
Andres Whip is a, you know, has a finish run for his career. But now that that task falls on to David Montgomery now. But with Janelle Williams, as we said before, this this is one of those pickups that might not be bad for the you know for the Saints. A lot might be asked of Janelle Williams because you don't know about the Alvin Kamara situation. Yeah, again, we're going to assume that Alvin goes over suspension. How big a suspension is, time will tell. If it's a huge suspension, then Jamel Williams, Williams will be asked to do a lot more as far as running over football. Now, now granted, you got Derek Carr. Now, if Alvin now has a sort of suspension, do the same to the change, put all that on Jamel Williams, or do they become more of a passing football team? With Derek Carr, Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, do they become more of a passing football team? And do they take the ball out of a guy like Jamel Williams' hands? You know, have Derek Carr throw 40 times a game. Is that a good move or a bad move? To me, it's probably a bad move. I understand that you want Derek Carr to throw the football, but you got to balance out the running team. You got to remember, Derek Carr had Josh Jacobs in the lead. You come to the Saints, you figure you can rely on Alvin Kamara a little bit. Let's see if let's see if Jamal's last year was not a was not a fluke. Let's you know, let us prove it to the football world that it's not a fluke. If let's say for the sake of argument Alcamara serves a suspension right off the bat. Let's say he serves let's say a six game suspension for the sake of argument. Not saying that's gonna be the case here, but let's say if he does that. Then Jamal becomes number becomes number one running back. And then again, the Saints did a great sign another veteran running back again. We talked about this year's draft and top running backs. Do you go get a running back? Do you get a running back at this year's draft? Again, there was talks at one time about even trading Alvin Kamara because of you know, because of money constraints with the uh, Saints. I mean, that was talked about that at one point in time. Again, do, you, do you go do that again? And that's a situation again. That's something that's been discussed before. But again, I don't think you trade. I think Alvin Kamara stays. Stays put. I think Al Kamara. I think he'll stay. He'll stay a same. Unless somebody blows him off, they simply can't refuse. But I think Al Kamara stays. Stays put. But again, the thing is, I think Jamal Williams' signing becomes a very interesting signing because you don't know about Al Kamara. And to be honest with you, I think this. I think the Saints brass had to have the back of his mind. You got to have another running back. It looks around, so we'll take a chance on Jamal Williams again. Can Jamal Williams have a senior as he had this past year? I, I doubt that he I doubt that he's going to, but again, Jamel's in the right situation. The Saints need a running back. And they've got him, they've got him one. But again, if we go in that direction where Converse serves suspension right off the bat, then I hope that Dennis Allen doesn't let you know, Derek Crawford fall 40, 45 times a game. Because to me that is going to be a mistake. If you win, if you win, if you got Janelle Williams, you know, with this thought process in mind, that Alan Kamara's got to serve his suspension, and this is what you need to do. You need to, you need to use Williams. If you, if you want to sign up a veteran running back, by all means, go do so. If there's a, 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 a running back in the draft that, that, that gets your attention, that just really blows you away, 
go do it and go draft the guy. But the bottom line is, don't have Derek Mumford the ball yet 40, 45 times a game. If you want him to throw 30, go, you know, let Derek throw 30 times a game. But do not ignore Jamel Williams. And to me, if Jamel Williams is that type of guy, down by the five-yard line, let Jamel run the ball. Let Jamel try to get him on 10, 11, 12 touchdown a year or something like that. But again, Again, the bottom line is this, the Saints were asking to sign Jamel Williams from the second of this, because if Alec Burr's got certain suspension, you got to have, you got to have an insurance policy. And Williams, my friends, is the insurance but he is the insurance policy of Alec Burr. Now again, we don't know when or if he's going to serve suspension. We're just saying right off the bat, he's probably going to serve one, but, but for the sake of argument, if he doesn't serve a suspension until, let's say, I don't know, mid-season, late-season. But the Phoenix will serve it earlier than rather than later. But again, I don't mind the one-two punch in Kamara and Williams. But again, Williams' bottom line is he, he's the type of guy that could use down by the inside the same yard line to run, yeah, to run, run get those tough rushing yards, just get those and get running touchdown. And to me, for fans and football fans, that might that could be a little bit of a concern in my opinion. But for Kamara, yeah, but for Kamara, but for Jamel Williams, let's be honest with you, for Saints, it's not a bad sign. But it'll be interesting to see what this young, what this young man can do. Young man can do moving forward. If, you know, and we'll see. This, this might be one of the more, this may be one of the more interesting signings this year in free agency. Now, for our last subject, I'm gonna bring up. I will give a fellow, a fellow co-worker, a, a little bit of love, and we'll talk about this. This Pittsburgh Steelers for, for a few minutes before we finish off this before we finish off this episode. Um, we all know this guy. The, uh, the Steelers have been Steelers have been messing around with the linebacking situation. Um, they released uh, was it uh, Spillane? They released him. They released Devin Bush, and then they've gone out. They've tried to. They've tried to. And to me, the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers fall down as one of their. Weakest, the weakest points was their linebacking situation. Now, for the last few years, their offensive line has been a problem, and to me, it still continues to be some to be somewhat of a problem. But again, the Pittsburgh Steelers have made some adjustments linebacking core, and they've actually added a cornerback. Now, they lost they lost Sutton they lost Sutton to the uh, Detroit Lions this yeah you know, this you know, this this all this all season. But they replaced Sutton with Patrick Peterson. Now Patrick, at one point in time, was one of the, was one of the, one of the top cornerbacks in this league. But that's been a few years removed, and Patrick is about 32, 33 years old. He's about 32 years old, excuse me, going into the season. And I think that Patrick Peterson is, is the same guy that he was in his early career with the yeah with the Cardinals. Now Patrick had a pretty decent year with the Vikings last year, but again, Patrick probably did not fit the system that Brian Flores is going to run with the Minnesota Vikings. That's why he was let go and now he's with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, to me, I don't see the same again, I don't and to me I'm not really a big fan of the move because to me Patrick Pierce is not the same guy that was when he was with when he was with the car with the Cardinals. He is not that not that guy anymore. Now again they made they made a couple lineback signings. Like I said, they, they got rid of a couple, and they did they did sign Cole 
Holton Cole Holcomb coming from um, from Wash from Washington. Yeah, Cole has had a pretty pretty good year with the uh, with the Commanders last 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 year. And Eldon Roberts, who comes from the uh, New England Patriots, a couple of decent and solid decent linebackers. But again, I think as you know, as mine. As I do agree with one of my fellow co-workers, uh, you know, I told him Holcomb is not a bad sign, but, you know, my fellow co-worker brought up one point. He said, the thing, he said, the thing about it is, is, he said, the thing about it in the past was, especially like the linebackers, if they had to go out and cover a, a good receiving running back or had to cover tight end, they had issues with that. And to me, and to me, he's the situation really had not been, yeah, it's not really been addressed here. Now, the two gentlemen that did sign are tacklers, and that's going to that's gonna be fine, that's gonna, and that's, that's okay. But I agree with my fellow co-worker. To me, you need a linebacker at times that, that can cover that, go out there and cover that solid, you know, solid pass catcher on the backfield. And to me, I don't know, and I don't know if these two gentlemen, these two gentlemen come in here to do that. So to me, with Pittsburgh, I don't know how much how much they get they got themselves better. Again, I bought again. Peterson at one point in time, again, like we said before, he was a, one of the better cornerbacks in this league. But he's not the same guy any you know anymore. Um I doesn't I think Patrick Peterson, I think he has his own he has his own podcast. I'm not saying Patrick is gonna go out and bomb in Pittsburgh. I don't think he's gonna bomb in Pittsburgh. I think he'll be okay, but I just don't think he's the same guy that you yeah, that you're looking for anymore. And Pittsburgh's always been built on one thing, defense. I mean, the steel curtain, right? They've been built, they, they were built on that. Again, Joe Green's not going to walk in the door anymore. The Lamberts and the Jack Rams and Mel Blunt to the Dottie Shells are not going to walk in that door anymore. Now, again, the bad part of Pittsburgh is it was the statistics of when T.J. Watt was with was in the starting lineup and how he played, Pittsburgh's defense was wasn't bad at all. But without T.J. Watt, yeah, they didn't play well at all. So to me, if you look at the statistics, T.J. Watt's the biggest reason the Pittsburgh's defense was was solid when he wasn't around. It wasn't as solid when he wasn't around. And again, Pittsburgh, you know, the thing that the AFC North is simple as this. I mean. The Ravens, the laws of the law, laws Lamar Jackson is happy. They're in contention. But again, that's going to be a situation. Cleveland, if Deshaun Watson can improve, can improve. And Cleveland get their defense, you know, a defense situated. Cleveland, to me, is still a contending division. We can talk about the Bengals still. We're, you know, to the Cal come home. But the Bengals right now may still be a team to beat in the AFC North. And again, not saying that I'm a fan of the team, which I am, but again, I'm just looking at the overall picture. And for Pittsburgh, again, Pickett, Pickett made strides this past year. He made strides of being, as the year went on, he made strides. Again, you got to work on the offensive line. Najee and Warren, a nice one-two punch. Can the offensive line be better? Um, you know, but again, the defense, again, I've always questioned the secondary. I've always questioned secondary, but the biggest thing, but the biggest thing with me is, to me, it didn't get no better. It really didn't. The linebacking core. I had some issue with linebacking core, but again, to me, Holcomb was not bad. Neither was Roberts, but again, again, 
how much how much of an upgrade it is, I don't know. But we'll see as the year goes on. Ladies and gentlemen, that's all I have time for this episode. Please take care of yourselves, and I will see you again very soon.